everyone. My name is Lou and welcome to my podcast called Anatomy Follows Physiology. We just kind of finished talking about bone remodeling and bone growth and development um, and, and the importance of maintaining um, a health, regular exercise um, and a healthy diet uh, for um, nutrition and making sure that your bones will continue to develop healthily and maintain healthy bone. Um, now we're going to be discussing uh, the important role that calcium plays in bone physiology. Bones kind of act as sort of a mineral reserve. Um, there's a mostly the, the main important mineral of bone is actually calcium. And 99% of the body's calcium is actually stored in bone. Although that's not to devalue the importance of, of blood calcium levels which um, are very important and need to be maintained by a very strict, narrow range. And if you don't have enough calcium coming in from your diet, your body's going to break down your bone in order to maintain that blood calcium level. But calcium is only about 39% of the composition of bone, at least in terms of the chemical analysis of bone. Um, about 17% of, of bone is also phosphate. And then about 9% is carbonate. And then you have less than 1% of magnesium, sodium, and potassium or other electrolytes. So you see that there's a lot of alkali and alkali minerals or uh, metals that are stored in bone. Um, and hopefully we're not storing any heavy metals or toxic metals. So there's two hormones that um, will become activated um, if the uh, blood calcium levels in your body either become too high or too low. So let's say you are, uh, you have a low blood calcium level and the body recognizes that. It's, uh, th so what happens is then the body will want to increase the calcium ion level in the blood and it will activate the parathyroid glands, which are embedded in the thyroid gland in the neck. And that will release PTH or parathyroid hormone into the bloodstream. And it has like three main effects on kind of the main areas of your body that deal with calcium. So that's going to be your bones, your digestive tract, and your kidneys. So what PTH or parathyroid hormone will do to increase blood calcium ion level is that it will tell uh, the bones that store calcium to, it'll tell the osteoclasts to start breaking down bone to release that calcium ion. So that's one way that it goes into, uh, it increases blood calcium. The other second way is that the parathyroid hormone will tell the digestive tract to absorb more uh, calcium, whatever is coming into the diet. It'll say, hey, let's amp up um, our absorption. If you see any calcium, grab it and bring it in. Um, and uh, lastly, what it'll do is with the kidneys, the PTH will tell the kidneys to um, not excrete as much because sometimes we will excrete kidney, our kidneys help filter out things out of our body. And the last thing we want to do is filter out calcium. So it'll tell the kidneys to slow down the excretion of calcium. And that's kind of how we increase uh, blood calcium ion levels in the blood. Let's say you have too much um, blood calcium, and so we need to kind of use that feedback loop. Um, so what happens 
So your blood calcium is too high and that will trigger the um, negative feedback loop. Um, that'll tell your thyroid gland, now your parathyroid, your thyroid gland to secrete calcitonin. Calcitonin is a hormone that affects those three organ systems that we just discussed, the bones, the colon, small intestines really in particular, and the kidneys. And a one way to remember what calcitonin does is that it sounds more like tone it down, where this is, you know, a hormone that's trying to lower blood calcium. If your calcium level's high, which could be above 11 milligrams per deciliter, um, and I forgot to mention, if your blood calcium is low, then that would mean it's below 8.5 milligrams per deciliter. But I know, uh, depending on where you might end up working, if you work in, use your, you know, this knowledge to work in healthcare, if you, every hospital or every uh, clinics or every institution's range is a little slightly different. But um, so the thyroid will recognize that your blood calcium ion level is high and it will want to tone it down with calcitonin uh, which tells the bones to uh, stop osteoclast activity to stop breaking down bone and it will tell the colon to not absorb as much calcium and it'll tell the kidneys to excrete more calcium like let's get rid of this calcium let's not you know, hold on to any of the calcium. So those three things help lower blood calcium levels. And um, changes in mineral content of the bone do not necessarily affect the shape of the bone because the bone matrix contains protein fire fibers as well as mineral deposits. But there are some conditions that you can develop um, with, um, you know, some sort of vitamin D or vitamin or a mineral deficiency, which is why maintaining a healthy diet is so important for bone health in addition to exercise and a healthy lifestyle. So if you are vitamin D deficient, vitamin D is important for helping um, osteoblasts kind of calcify the matrix. So if you um, are having a poor mineralization of your bones, they'll become weak and kind of flexible. Um, and this is called rickets in children and osteomalacia in adults. And this is what, you know, vitamin D deficiency is what causes these, the softness of bones. Um, so just make sure you get that little bit of sunlight every day on your skin. And as we get older, you know, at some point I, we're between 25 and 30, our, our bones stop growing. And, Depending on how you've lived your life, you might either have healthy bones or you might have thin and weak bones. And you definitely want to make sure that once your bones, after your bones have stopped growing, you can maintain a long life with strong, dense, thick bones. Uh, but if you didn't have enough uh, calcium or vitamin D or it was uh, absorbed wrong or not utilized properly, then you're going to run up. You're going to increase your risk of developing osteopenia, which is inadequate ossification. Essentially, it's um, a very common bone condition in which the bones of the skeleton become thinner and weaker. Um, it's a normal part of the aging process. And when I say normal, I mean that this is very common. Whether or not it's healthy is a different story. Um, but... Most of us become slightly osteopenic as we age. You know, it's a 
reduction in bone mass that can start as early as age 30 or 40, again, depending on how you lived your early life of, uh, and, you know, managed to try to lay down as much strong bone as possible. Um, and then if the osteopenia becomes more severe and you lose enough bone mass up until a certain point, it can develop into osteoporosis. Uh, which is when the bones become, it's basically severe osteopenia, and that's when the bones become very brittle and fragile and more likely to break. And osteoporosis can also develop as a secondary effect of many cancers, like bone marrow cancer, breast cancer, and other tissues that deal with uh, the release of uh, the osteoclast activating factor, uh, which is, uh, you know, going to break down your bones. So definitely try to live a healthy lifestyle, get lots, plenty of sunlight, at least 15 minutes every day, eat a healthy alkalizing diet, rich in fruits and vegetables, plant-based, and, you know, get as much weight-bearing exercise as you can every single day. And stay safe because you can also get a bone fracture, which is a crack or break in bone. Um... We're going to talk a little bit more about this in the next um, podcast, and that will complete this unit about bone physiology. Thank you so much, and stay tuned.